Hello, my name is Tom Longano, and this is Boy Stories. All right, we got a great story for you this week. Uh, This is one of my favorite stories to read because of some of the language in it. I think it's very fun, uh, and in some ways, it's super overdramatic, which is I like really overdramatic things. So there we go. Um, It is Earthworm Sally. Now, Earthworm Sally came about because there was a group of fourth graders in one of the classes that was not my class, but an adjacent class that started this whole thing about Earthworm Sally, and they had a fort named Earthworm Sally, uh, and they would just chant, Earthworm Sally, Earthworm Sally, Earthworm Sally, all the time. Uh, and then the, some of the students in my class got angry, and they had a fort they called the Shrek Fort, and so they would just chant like Shrek, Shrek, and they had like the Shrek stick and the Shrek fort would fight with the Earthworm Sally fort. And if you think this sounds ridiculous, you are correct. It is ridiculous, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, And so I wanted to write a story about that. And actually, I remember when I was teaching them, I started telling them the Earthworm Sally stories. And in these Earthworm Sally stories, there was like one boy that would harness the power of Earthworm Sally, and then he would feed it and become friends with Earthworm Sally, which was this it's a giant worm that would burst out of the ground, and then it would brutally attack uh, the teachers and other students, um, and uh, very, very violent stories. The boys loved it. Um, oftentimes, Earthworm Sally would attack Mr. L um, and, you know, pick, pick him up in his jaws and shake him, and they'd all be like, yay! Anyway, that kind of gives you a little window into some of my classrooms. Um, maybe it's a good thing I'm still not, I'm not teaching anymore. Just kidding. Anyway. Earthworm Sally, very excited, going to get into it. Before I do, real quick, um, keep spreading the word about Red Book, keep spreading the word about Blue Book. I've been floored by the responses I've been getting. I'm just so happy that people like the stories and that people not only read them, but reread them. I mean, I've heard from people who have read them, I don't know, seven, ten times, which is crazy and crazy awesome. Uh, And I love reading the reviews. I, you know, laugh at most of the reviews I read just um, because they're so charming or funny, especially the ones from from boys or, or from moms uh, or dads explaining about, like, <laughs> things their boys did um, or, or how they read the book and, and so on. So anyway, thank you for that. And uh, please continue to leave those reviews, continue to share. If you like the stories, if you like the podcast. And uh, just want to say thanks for listening, you know. Uh, thank you for sharing all these weird, crazy, wild stories with me. And with that, let's get on to Earthworm Sally. The cult of Earthworm Sally was formally established on Wednesday, but by Friday it had made believers of nearly the entire fifth grade. High Priest Leo preached every break to a crowd of fervent worshipers and led the sacred rituals, as assisted by Archdeacon Timmy. The founding of this new and popular religion happened when the high priest was excavating a mulch pile to expand his stick fort and found therein a worm that was four feet seven inches long. Multiple rulers had been summoned from nearby classrooms to confirm the measurement. This was no ordinary creature. The worm was elevated to a place of prominence in the fort, for it had not merely appeared, it had been sent. This was a prophet sent by the great ruler of the deep, the fearful earthworm Sally, who lived far beneath the earth in her dark lair, biding her time before she burst forth in rage and terror to wreak vengeance upon all non-believers. This humble fort was chosen, in the infinite mercy and compassion of earthworm Sally, as a place where devotion might be shown so that at the reckoning of the world, the good believers might be spared. 
The prophet worm was put in a jar at the highest point of the fort, so suppliants might come to thank Earthworm Sally for her magnanimous offer to spare their worthless lives. Tears were shed, and many vain prayers offered in hopes of sparing unbelieving family members or bringing about the swift and painful death of other, less cherished family members. High Priest Leo only shook his head, knowing the futility of such petitions. If a person did not commit himself or herself in person at the sacred shrine to the great underbeast, this person was a non-believer. And in the final reckoning, no non-believer would escape Earthworm Sally's wrath. At the behest of the high priest, interpreting the impregnable will of Earthworm Sally herself, large quantities of worms were unearthed from all over the recess field to be honored in the shrine. The archdeacon and his team of subordinate deacons measured each worm and categorized them by length. The longer were more important, and hence more sacred. The high priest explained that when Earthworm Sally emerged, her length would not be measured in mere inches, nor even feet, but in miles. On Friday during second break, High Priest Leo had just completed a special ritual with the prophet worm. He held the jar aloft as he concluded his sermon, while two dozen faithful fifth graders lay prostrate around the fort at his feet, chanting in a low monotone, Earthworm Sally, Earthworm Sally, Earthworm Sally. And when the Great One rises from the depths, the High Priest Leo intoned, she shall rear her blind head so high the sun shall be blocked as if with black cloud, and she shall roar. Her mouth filled with row upon row of sharpened teeth will gnash to bloody bits the limbs of any who dare defy her. She will heave her sacred bulk across the land, leveling mountains with a flick of her head, pummeling skyscrapers with a twist of her tail. Cities of man shall be pulverized into dust and rubble. Crowds will scream and run in terror, slipping in pools of blood. Mothers will clutch their young and sob, beg for mercy, but to no avail. They shall not be spared. None will oppose the Great One on the day of doom. None will stand to... I will. The high priest caught himself. A murmur passed through the worshippers as they turned to see who might dare interrupt this holy ritual with such heinous blasphemy. Unsurprisingly, it was Greg. Shut up, Greg, said Archdeacon Timmy. You don't know what you're talking about. You guys are idiots. You're literally worshiping a dumb worm. Well, then go play somewhere else and leave us alone. Silence, thundered High Priest Leo, and the archdeacon turned back to his prostrate position. Greg was unimpressed. He remained at the edge of the circle of sticks created by the outer wall of the fort with his hands in his pockets. This fool hath dared interrupt our ritual, the high priest droned on. And the Great One shall punish him accordingly. Fret not, Archdeacon, but it is not now in our power to enact vengeance. That would be mistrust in our great protector. This unbelieving scum will be dealt with on the day of doom. The worshippers picked up the chant of unbelieving scum and day of doom, day of doom. I'm not afraid of any day of doom said Greg loudly, because all this is just some made-up dumb story. Leo found a big worm in a pile of dirt. Big whoop. I found worms like twice as big before. He blasphemes the prophet worm, screamed one of the temple slaves, a young pugnacious worshiper by the name of Jake. We must punish him! Cries of assent rose from the crowd. 
The high priest lifted his palm. What is this madness? Hold your tongue, temple slave, lest the great one question your belief. The flimsy words of the unbelieving scum should not trouble your ears, which have feasted on the blessed words of the great one. The scum is but a tiny insect, struggling against a tidal wave of destruction. Do not listen. Rather, pity this tiny insect, this ugly insect with an annoying voice who can never understand deep and complex truths because his brain is smaller than a fly's. And as the high priest continued to speak louder and louder, so did Greg. Are you guys seriously listening to this? Leo actually thinks some big worm's gonna pop out of the ground and blow up the world? This is the stupidest load of- High priest, shouted the same temple slave. I wish to punch the non-believer. Help my unbelief. Your unbelief cannot be helped, said the high priest sadly. But I shall show you how the Great One deals with such unbelieving scum. It is yet before the day of doom. She is merciful. We must give the ugly, loud-mouthed, tiny-brained insect an opportunity for redemption. There was a hush of awe from the worshippers as the high priest walked down among them, bearing the jar that held the prophet worm. But is it, is it safe? whispered the archdeacon. We shall be protected by the great one herself, said the high priest, for she looks up upon us and she sees all. It's a worm, said Greg. It can't see anything. Oh, ugly, unbelieving scum, cried the high priest, now standing at the edge of the fort, extending the jar before him. Cast thou puny eyes upon something so much greater than thyself, Behold the prophet worm, sent in the infinite mercy of... Greg didn't hear exactly who had sent the prophet worm and why, because at that moment he smacked the jar out of Leo's hands. It flew through the air and smashed against a rock ten feet away. The worshippers gasped. One of the temple slaves cried out in agony. Another one screamed that the end was near. But Greg was far from nearing the end. He was sick of all this talk of worms and Leo's self-importance. He also did not like being called ugly, tiny-brained, or scum. So he marched over to where the jar had struck and separated the dirt with his foot to find the worm, which now extended and wriggled. It lives! exclaimed the archdeacon to a chorus of cheers from the temple slaves. The great one hath protected it, said the high priest wisely. Oh yeah, said Greg. Can the great one protect it from this? He stomped on the prophet worm multiple times. Then he ground the bottom of his shoe back and forth over the rock, leaving only a grayish smear where the worm had once been. Then he laughed loudly and stomped away. This was a time of turmoil for the believers. They looked to the high priest to explain this horrific calamity, but he retired into the temple's inner chamber and would not be disturbed. The temple slaves, led by Jake, begged to be able to pursue Greg and enact retribution. But the high priest did not respond. The archdeacon turned all from the door, saying their leader was clearly consulting with the will of the Great One herself. Finally, just before break was over, the high priest reemerged. Bring that rock within the temple, he ordered. The Great One deems that it must still be honored. And Greg? What does Earthworm Sally want us to do with Greg? Nothing said the high priest, despite audible groans from the worshippers. She wishes to deal with the evil one herself. No one lays a finger upon him on pain of death. 
He shall be reserved for her alone. Ah, come on, said a temple slave. Lame. This stinks, said another. What's the point of Earthworm Sally if we just let stuff like that happen? You may lose belief, said the high priest quietly, but that is playing into the evil one's hands. At such times we must turn even more fervently to our great protector. The archdeacon heartily agreed, as did a small group of worshippers who had been devoted to Earthworm Sally from the beginning. Such faith was not shared by the majority of the believers, who left grumbling and complaining that Earthworm Sally was indeed lame. The high priest was greatly saddened by their departure because of the loss of so many good souls to doom and destruction, and also because he now had to carry the large rock into the temple with only the help of the archdeacon and the remaining three slaves. They placed the rock where the jar had once stood and looked down with hopeful faces to the dirt at their feet, thinking of when they should all be vindicated on the day of doom. But no one, not even the high priest himself, could have guessed at how soon that day of doom would come. At morning break on Monday, Archdeacon Timmy made a colossal discovery. He sprinted to the field afterwards, where High Priest Leo was in line for kickball, having forgotten all about Earthworm Sally over the weekend. But after the Archdeacon's urgent summons, they ran for the temple, or what was left of it. The boys stood on the edge of the jumble of sticks, no longer even closely resembling a wall, and gaped at the scene below them. Archdeacon Timmy, Leo said when he had regained his voice, summon the believers and bid the slaves to bring me Greg. All this was done quickly and a great stir had taken the recess field. Kickball was forgotten. As news of the archdeacon's discovery spread, the worshippers flocked back to their temple. Numbers now tripled what they had been on Friday. Jake, the once again faithful slave, led the hunt for Greg. They dragged him to the temple where the high priest waited. Greg froze. He stopped resisting capture. His mouth opened as he saw where the temple had stood just two days earlier, a giant cylindrical hole. Heaps of fresh dirt surrounded its circular opening, smooth on all sides as if shaped by some otherworldly power. It descended so deep into the ground that none could see its bottom, only darkness. Earthworm Sally had come, and there was now no doubt in Greg's mind that she would soon return. Now is the time for repentance, thundered the high priest. Bring forth the soiled one. The slaves pushed Greg forward. He fell, shaking to his knees. Behold, the high priest continued, Earthworm Sally has emerged in the night and she makes ready her path for destruction. The day of doom is upon us, and she is hungry. There were anxious mutterings among the crowd. Some, perhaps those who had not remained faithful last Friday, appeared uneasy. Uh, when Earthworm Sally comes, said Porridge, she's not going to eat us, right? B because, because we believed. Only you can tell whether or not you have believed, said the high priest. I totally believed said Porridge to the worshippers around him, like, like I 100% believed. We must bring her offerings, the high priest cried out. Any food we have must be sent to the depths of her sacred lair to show our faith and that we eagerly await her arrival on the surface. A great 
cheer went up as crowds of worshippers returned to their backpacks where lunchboxes and snack bags were ransacked. Mushy sandwiches, celery sticks, granola bars, and clementines were among the cornucopia of offerings that were poured into the portal to Earthworm Sally's subterranean domain, as the high priest and archdeacon supervised. Many temple slaves lingered at the edge to watch their paltry offerings disappear into the darkness beneath the earth, with no little sense of awe. When the food tribute had been given, the high priest called forth a council. Now we must deal with the evil one. He who hath brought about this premature day of doom. Greg still knelt in place, staring into the hole. It was in the Great One's infinite mercy, the high priest explained, to establish a temple upon this spot, led by faith inspired by the prophet worm from which the entire world might one day be converted. But then the prophet worm was desecrated, the believers were corrupted. Thus hath the day of doom been brought upon us earlier than expected. What does this mean for believers? Asked Porridge, new to the cult and still not yet knowing that lowly slaves were not to interrupt the high priest as he divulged the will of the great one. It means, underling, that we believers shall be saved and none others will be spared. We have no time to convert the masses, your families, your friends, your pets. All who are not with us today, they shall die. Very painful deaths. And who do we have to thank for this? The high priest looked at Greg. The worshippers booed loudly. The injustice of it all was staggering. Why should everyone, the entire world, suffer for one boy's transgression? I have meditated on this, continued the high priest in a low voice, hardly above a whisper, as the worshippers crowded closer. And the Great One hath inspired me with her will. In her mercy she hath said this, If the evil one were to repent, if he were to go to her, she shall again postpone the day of doom. In the hushed silence that followed, Greg stood. A single tear was on his cheek, but his voice did not waver. Okay, I'll do it, he said, for the good of the world. A smattering of applause followed this statement. The high priest nodded. Repeat after me, he said. I was a fool. I was a fool. I am willing to pay the price for being a fool. I am willing to pay the price for being a fool. And so next break before the eyes of the faithful, I shall descend into the womb of the earth where I shall offer myself as a sacrifice to the most powerful and merciful earthworm Sally. Greg repeated this, now fighting back a sob. He would never see his family again, but maybe, maybe they would hear of his great sacrifice. It hath been decided, said the high priest. Now, to pledge your loyalty forever, eat this worm. What? Eat it, now. No, oh, but, but wouldn't that offend Earthworm Sally? The Great One commands it, a chant of, eat the worm, eat the worm. Eat the worm was taken up by the worshippers until Greg shut his eyes and obeyed. A great cheer followed this, then class was called. No one could wait for next break. Following the orders of the high priest, Greg rubbed dirt in his hair and crawled up to the edge of the hole on his knees. The chanting of, 
Earthworm Sally, Earthworm Sally, rose into sacrifice, sacrifice, then great shouts and throwing up his arms. Finally, cursing his earlier stupidity, Greg leaned over and toppled in. Later that afternoon, Mr. L received a call from the head of a construction crew that was installing the new above-ground power line on the other side of the recess field. Apparently, when they returned after school to finish the work they'd started over the weekend, they found a dirty boy at the bottom of their hole. They quickly sent down a ladder to help him out and found him ecstatic, as if in the throes of some religious revelation. He brushed sandwich crumbs and clementine peels off himself and embraced the workers as he sobbed, talking as though some great miracle had occurred and thanking the Great One for sparing his life. Before they could ask any questions, he'd run off in the direction of the parking lot. The head of the construction crew said the boy was lucky that one of the workers heard chewing and crinkling plastic from the bottom of the pit, or else they wouldn't have known anyone was down there. They were about to begin pouring the cement. He advised Mr. L to make sure his students did not play near active construction sites. Mr. L apologized and promised he would pass along the message. For the remainder of the school year, Long after others had tired of the call and moved on, there was no more fervent worshiper at the memorial to the mercy of Earthworm Sally than Greg himself. Every day he led small services of thanksgiving at the newly installed power pole. Mr. L could never understand why there was a small freshly caught pile of worms at the bottom of the pole each day after school. And no one was more pleased about this than the high priest, Leo. <laughs> Okay, so my guest for today has promised not to talk about his YouTube channel. Uh, that was the condition that he come to talk with us. And uh, he's going to explain to us a little bit more about what happened with the Earthworm Sally story. Right here we have Greg. Hello, Greg. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mr. Tom. Thanks. Cool. Um, so Earthworm Sally is a really interesting story to me uh, because it starts out with Leo kind of creating this whole whatever worm fun fort thing and then at the first at the beginning you were pretty skeptical about it right yeah yeah super skeptical i uh i i didn't really understand how there could be like a worm that was a uh that was as as big as earthworm sally like a, a, as big as it was as, as she was um but i was wrong yeah so I, I guess by the end of the story you had changed your mind completely yeah completely so, out of curiosity, do you still leave leave little worms at the at the foot of that power line? Yeah, every day. I did it did it today after school? Gonna do it tomorrow because uh, you know, Mister Tom, Earthworm Sally, in her infinite infinite mercy, has spared us. She has decided not to come and destroy and lay waste to our entire civilization, and for that, I am very thankful, and you should be too. Uh, thanks, Greg. Um, I'm not sure that I believe that there's a giant worm that's going to burst out from the ground and destroy everyone. I think that might have been a silly belief that Leo made up. Uh, but I think it's you know it's it's cute that you're still you're still into it. Okay, okay. Back up. Number one, you're the problem. I, I'm the problem. Yeah, you're the problem because if you don't believe that Earthworm Sally is going to come then you're going to be the first one to be destroyed when she does. 
Okay. Well, that seems like a, a me problem. Yeah, duh. Okay, but I mean, you said that I'm the problem. Yeah, duh. You are, duh. Okay, uh, so I'm going to be destroyed if, if I don't believe that there's a giant uh, slumbering worm that's going to burst out from the ground and destroy all the cities. Yeah, you'll be the first one to be destroyed. Uh, but if we can get more believers before that happens, then uh, then it'll be, you know, then maybe she'll delay the day of doom. You know, Greg, okay, I'm, I'm just going to... I'm just going to be honest here. That was all made up. <laughs> I, that was a complete fabricate. Okay. <laughs> you read the story, Mr. Tom. You saw that there was a hole that came about in the middle of the ground where the fort was. There was a giant hole. After we came back, after the weekend, there was a hole. Can you explain that? That was not just something that appeared right it was a giant hole and it was a circular hole and it was created clearly by a giant worm okay greg um there was a construction crew at the school um the day that you were in the bottom of that hole correct yes actually uh and they they put a ladder down and and brought me out of the hole and I believe Earthworm Sally sent them. Okay. Um, but, you know, what about this? What if the hole was created by the construction crew because they were putting the power line in the field because they needed to make a big pole so that the line could go across to where the other other lines... Sorry, you, you lost me. There One day, there wasn't a hole. Uh, and then the other day, there was a hole. So... You tell me what's a plausible explanation, Mr. Tom. I just did, actually. I told you what was the plausible explanation, which is that the construction crew dug a big hole and to put the pole in. And you're saying the more reasonable explanation is that there was a giant evil worm in the ground that burst through the Earth's crust and then decided it wasn't going to destroy all human civilization that day. It would postpone the Day of Doom because you gather three or four worms every day and leave them at the power pole. Yeah, duh. Oh, but you don't see, you don't think that that's maybe a little bit, I mean, you have your explanation, I have mine. Okay, I just don't want people to, like, I want people to realize who are listening to this that, <laughs> you know, people have a lot of great beliefs. Like, there are, there are a lot of, like, amazing beliefs out there. Um, you know, I, for one, am a Christian, and I believe in God, and I think that there are beautiful, beautiful religions in this world, uh, and and believing in something is really great. And I just wouldn't want them to, to see what you're believing in and just kind of, like, wonder, like, hey, are are all religions like that? Well, uh, they should be. They Sorry, they should be? Yeah, I mean, the... Er, Look, first of all, Earthworm Sally is not a religion, Mr. Tom. Earthworm Sally is a way of life. I wake up in the morning and I say, Earthworm Sally has given us another day. She has postponed the day of doom yet again. And for that, I am happy. Okay, what would it take for me to convince you that maybe there's not a sleeping worm deep beneath the ground that's going to burst out of the Earth's crust and destroy everyone? Well... 
Uh, I'm someone who really needs good reasons to believe something, you know. So if you're gonna if you're gonna try and like make me believe that Earthworm Sally doesn't exist, then I'd have to see that she doesn't exist. Okay, so you'd have to go to the center of the Earth, and and see if there's no big worm there. Then then you know that she doesn't exist. Yeah, but. Unfortunately, I've seen the opposite. I've seen that she does exist because I saw the giant hole in the ground. The hole in the ground, Greg, which I said was probably created by the construction crew. That's your belief that you think it was created by the construction crew. I know it was created by Earthworm Sally, so I know that you're wrong. And I'm going to continue to gather my worms and postpone the Day of Doom because I don't want to be destroyed and slaughtered by the giant worm. Okay, Greg, um... What about Leo? Le didn't Leo just kind of like make all this stuff up? No, no, no. Leo was given the wisdom of Earthworm Sally uh, when he was in the fort and when he got the Prophet Worm. The Prophet Worm, by the way, that you killed. I have repented for that. I am so sorry. And I'm offended that you would bring it up right here. Okay. Greg, you you don't need to um okay, please please sit back down. Uh I didn't think this was going to be such a contentious interview. Frankly, <laughs> I'm a little bit surprised that you're still really interested in Earthworm Sally. I think it's, you know, it's a testament to your imagination. So, congratulations. Um but maybe we can change the subject now because I don't think I'm going to convince you that Earthworm Sally is not real. And I wish I could convince you that she was real, but unfortunately, you're too stupid to realize. I I don't think you should call adults stupid, Greg. That's not a good, that's not a very polite thing to say. Yes, uh, I shouldn't call adults stupid, but I can call non-believers stupid. Okay, I just, I want everyone to know right now that I do not condone this behavior, and as a believing Christian, I have nothing but the utmost respect for religion. Uh, and so do I, as long as it's right religion. Uh, and the right religion is, well, Earthworm's Eye is not really religion, as I said, it's a way of life. Uh, I am a believing Christian as well, and I am also a proponent of Earthworm's Eye. I don't want to get into any sort of metaphysical speculations of where Earthworm can, Sally can fit into your Christian environment, uh, Greg, which I'm sure is very well thought out. Um, but I do want to say, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. And I just want everyone to know I now have 51 subscribers. 51 subscribers. Thank you very much. There's a lot of Earthworm Sally content on my YouTube. A lot of Earthworm Sally content. Uh, we got t-shirts, we got hats, we got tennis shoes. Okay. Uh, thank you, Greg. Um, I'm going to end the podcast right there. And <laughs> yeah, this was a weird one. This has been a Boy Stories podcast production performed by Tom Longano, author of the Blue Book of Stories. The Blue Book of Stories is available now on Amazon. It's also available on tomlongano.com. Com. The podcast has been produced by the legendary George Martin. And please, if you like the podcast, subscribe. Tell us what you think in the comments and reviews. Please send us an email. You can find all our contact information on TomLongano.com. If you have a question or a comment for any of the characters, send it to us, and you might just get featured in one of the next interviews. But thank you so much for listening. Again, share with your friends and please continue to listen. This has been so much fun for us. We hope it is just as much fun for you. Have a great day.